It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simiou. And as you can imagine, there is still plenty of fallout coming across our desks, across our iPhones, wherever it is you read your news. There is still plenty of fallout coming our way off the back of the failed coup, the failed attempt to set up a European Super League. And uh, the reaction to that continues. Mikel Arteta has been speaking about that in his press conference ahead of the game against Everton tomorrow night. Of course, a quick reminder for those who wish to attend that there is a KSE out protest that will be held at the Emirates Stadium tomorrow night at 6pm. Tomorrow evening, I should say. So if you are interested, if you can spare the time, if you do feel as strongly as many of us do now about KSE, their ownership of the club and what they just about, just tried to do to us, then get down there, show your support. Um, obviously, be careful, be, do it all in line with the COVID regulations. But it is important that we get this message across um, and it is important that we make our feelings known. So uh, I would urge you, if you can, if you want to, if you're able get down there and uh, and make your make your voices heard. Just before we get into it, I uh, just want to let you guys know that we have a brand new sponsor on board. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. It's 100% organic foods, uh, some really, really good stuff and delicious stuff as well. Uh, they've been leaders in the superfoods market for the last eight years and have served millions of customers worldwide. Now, Mindful Health LLC is, of course, based in the United States. Uh, but if you are interested in their products and you want to check them out, head over to earthechofoods.com slash minute media. And if you use the code minute 15, you'll be able to get 15% off of your order. I'll leave all the details in the description for those of you who are interested. But without further ado, let's start talking about some more of this fallout. Let's start talking about, uh, you know, sort of what is it has come in the last sort of 12 hours or so uh, to the forefront about this whole thing. You know, we want to talk a little bit about Vinay Venkateshim, who supposedly was on the phone all day yesterday, apologising to the other 14 Premier League clubs. Apparently, they were awkward conversations. That's what we've been told. Uh, but the sentiment was appreciated by those on the receiving end of those calls. I mean, we all knew that Vinay wasn't a football man, right? Vinay's a businessman. I'm not surprised um, to see him out of his depth. I'm not surprised um, that we're having to see certain people cleaning up the mess created by the owners. Now, was Vinay at the forefront of these discussions? I don't know. Um, you know, we think it was the Cronkies who led this and we we understand that Stan Cronkie played actually a fairly significant role 
a much more significant role than he's played in in running this football club uh, in terms of trying to get this off the ground and trying to make it happen. So um, it's not clear how much of a role Vinay played in this, but Vinay is the club's chief executive. He is the CEO. And so Vinay is accountable. And and he's had to go and call around all the other clubs with his tail between his legs because Arsenal and the other five members of this uh, proposed Super League, the other five Premier League members, of course, have made a right pig's ear of it. And now, um, you know, they're having to backtrack. We've also learned that the Premier League clubs uh, want those that were involved with the whole Super League plan to leave their committee roles. So those of them who have roles on the Premier League committees for various different issues and subjects and topics, they want them gone. They want them out. And I don't blame them because they feel betrayed. Um, you know, we talked a lot in the last few days about punishments and what should happen to these football clubs, how they should be punished, how this should be dealt with. And for me, you know, I've been quite harsh. You know, I've talked about relegations. I've talked about points deductions. I've talked about, uh, you know, various other things. But uh, the the common sort of pushback I always get is, why should the fans and the players be penalised? If in the short term, the only way of uniting the Arsenal fan base so that they are powerful enough, strong enough and what's the word I'm looking for here and determined enough to get KSE out of our football club or at least make it extremely uncomfortable for them uh, in the, in the interim. If, if something like that, a punishment that severe would lead to us all united um, and it, you know, it affects us on the pitch for a, a couple of seasons. I'll take it. I'll take it because we talk a lot about what's wrong at Arsenal. We talk a lot about, um, whether it's the manager, whether it's the players, whether it's a bit of both. But ultimately, the whole reason for this is because our ownership. And we already had doubts about our ownership. We already were sort of sitting there and saying, you know, I'm not I'm not 100% sure it's down to them. But for me, this is the proof in the pudding. This is the, the absolute concrete proof that we needed as a fan base to understand that KSE are only in this for money. They only see Arsenal as a cash cow and nothing else. They don't care about the sport. They don't care about the club. They don't care about us as fans as long as we continue to line their pockets, as long as we continue to pay broadcasters for the rights to watch these games, as long as we continue to buy club merchandise, to buy season tickets, to spend money when we do attend games. As long as that continues to happen, KSE do not give a shit. And they've made that abundantly clear off the back of, uh, of what's just happened. I've also seen some Arsenal fans almost jumping up and down and kind of like celebrating the fact that Josh Kroenke is going to attend the fans forum. Hold on a minute. Isn't that his job? Isn't that his duty? Isn't that what he's supposed to do? Isn't that the least we deserve as fans and the blood life of this football club? It absolutely is. But don't get excited by it. Don't get excited by someone fulfilling their role, fulfilling the basic aspects of their role. Don't get excited by what he might say because it will be a PR spin. He will sit there 
in front of the fans forum and he'll talk about how they're deeply sorry for the distress caused. He'll tell us that it was with the club's best intentions at heart. He would tell us it was with a view to secure in the future. He'll talk about the he'll talk about the effects that the pandemic has had on the club's finances and why that pushed them even closer towards the Super League. He'll say all of that, but don't buy it because we've heard it all before. We've, you know, no, no owner is going to sit in front of the fans and say he doesn't care or that actually his true intention is just to make an increased profit. No, they're not going to do that. So don't expect it. Read between the lines. See what is really going on, uh, because this for me is the straw that broke the camel's back. I, I said that on on the last couple of shows that we've done. I really feel betrayed by this. And, um, you know, we, we have to make our voices heard. It's so, so important. Moving on to, to Mikel Arteta's press conference today and, and Mikel Arteta sat and, and spoke um, to the media ahead of the game against Everton. And I don't really want to. Um, go through all of it word for word because I'm sure many of you have seen it. If you haven't already seen it, I'm sure you will see it. I'm sure you'll pick up the sound bites, the quotes, etc., etc. Um, but I want to home in on the bits around the Super League because I kind of, in the lead up to the Everton game, right, my mind has been solely on the Super League. Even tomorrow, with Arsenal scheduled to play at 8 p.m. in the UK, my mind up until about 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m. will be on the Super League and on KSE. And, and what this whole thing has done is, and we already knew it, but it's almost emphasised the point that we as fans are just not seen as important enough uh, in the eyes of our clubs. And it's made football since then, since Sunday, it's made football seem largely insignificant. I worked on a game on Monday. I worked on on um, Leeds versus Liverpool. And all we talked about throughout the broadcast was the Super League. There's been football since then as well. And again, all the conversation has been dominated by the Super League. It's, it's made the football right now feel so irrelevant because this is going to take time to blow over. It's going to take time for people to feel... Uh, engaged again with their clubs because as Guna Tell says in our chat, one of our members, it's left a very bitter taste. I couldn't have put it better myself, Tell. You're exactly right. But I digress again. Let's go back to the press conference. What did Mikel Arteta have to say about the Super League? He was asked when he found out Arsenal was signed up to the Super League and he said this, I found out just a little bit before the news was leaked. Then everything was completely out of control and the world reacted in a really unified manner. I didn't really have time to think about it, reflect, evaluate or anything, because by the time it was out, a big tsunami already came onto it and basically killed it. So Mikel Arteta talking about the unified response that came from the world of football and those who were in it, those who were outside of it, all had a similar reaction. Everybody was just as outraged, just as disappointed, just as frustrated. And that in itself should tell you how badly these six Premier League clubs, three from Italy, three from Spain, 
misread the room. They got the, the reading of the room completely and utterly wrong. And the fact that clubs who stood to gain so much from entering this competition had to fight off fan bases, protesting, being completely outraged, tells you that nobody wants this. Not even those, as I say, who stand to benefit from it massively. You know, we've talked about Arsenal not being able to compete at the top level for many, many years now. There's no guarantee that entering the Super League would have allowed us to do so. But at a time when we spend quite a significant proportion of every transfer window bemoaning the fact that we don't have funds to go out and bring in the world's best footballers, to improve us, to take us forward, to close the gap between ourselves and the others. The fact that we we spend all that time complaining about that very factor and then a proposal comes along that could line the pockets, that could increase the coffers, increase the war chest that Mikel Arteta would have at his disposal, we all said no, and rightly so. So, you know, the fact that there was a unified response and Mikel Arteta talks about it and he's described it as a tsunami, and I think that's a great way of putting it. When he was asked whether the board uh, had spoken to him about it, he asked. He was asked who from the board had spoken to him. And he said, Vinay spoke to me and explained a little bit what was happening. The process just before that was announced. And he was very clear and transparent with me. I understand the reasons why we could not know. Obviously, we were not involved in the decision and we understand the logic of it. So I feel like Mikel backtracks a little bit here and I don't really like this part because you are the person Mikel Arteta who will face the media and face the backlash of this you are the person had this gone through who will be the face of the football club and and forced to deal with the whirlwind of emotion that was going to come your way you should be livid you should be angry you should be frustrated and I know a lot of people talk about, you know, Arsene Wenger having protected the board. And then, you know, they give him a lot of stick for that and a lot of shit from that. And, and on the other hand, you know, if you apply this to day-to-day life outside of the footballing bubble, how many people would publicly speak against their boss, even if they don't think that their boss is a particularly good one or a good person for that matter? But Mikel Arteta doesn't have to criticise Vinay or Kroenke here or anybody involved in the process. But he equally doesn't have to defend them. He doesn't have to say, I understand the reasons why we could not know. You don't have to say that. Stick to your guns. You found out at the last minute, just like everybody else, the world shut it down. You don't have to defend the club by sort of suggesting that you understand why they kept it from you. There's no excuse for them keeping it from you, particularly when you and many of your colleagues at other clubs up and down the country are going to be the ones that have to face the shit when it hits the fan. Jurgen Klopp, I felt extremely sorry for Jurgen Klopp on Monday night when he was put in a position to have to explain and 
justify the club's decision to sign up for this Super League ahead of a game, an important game, as they're looking to get in the top four. You know, it, it wasn't right that Liverpool Football Club put him in that position. And the following morning, was it the following morning? No, the day after, after the withdrawal, there was an apology that came out from the club. The club's owner sat down in front of a camera and filmed an apology. I'm not saying that makes it right. But at least he's come out and said he apologises to the, the manager and the players for putting him in that really shit position. Is Cronky going to do that? Is Josh Cronky going to do that in the fans forum? He probably will. That doesn't make it right again. You know, if if saying sorry fixed everything, then people could go around and do whatever they wanted in the world. And as long as they said sorry, there would never be any consequences. It's absolute nonsense. Um I I don't agree with Mikel when he says this. And Aditya says the reasons that he could not know might be a non-disclosure agreement. Sorry, Harry, but I think you got that part wrong. Maybe, maybe there was a non-disclosure agreement. But then you don't have to say anything, Arteta. You don't have to say anything. Don't leave yourself open to criticism. Don't say that you understand the reasons why the club didn't tell you. Just say they didn't tell you and draw a line under it. Unless you're going to come out and say, there was a non-disclosure agreement, therefore I understand why we couldn't know about it. And you're going to be clear and clarify it. And don't say anything at all. That's my way of looking at it. That's my way of looking at it anyway. When he was asked uh, whether anybody has uh, apologised to him and the players, he said yes. Starting from Vinay, the ownership and everybody that invo is involved in the process, all of them with the right intentions to defend the club and put the club in the best possible position for now and for the future. But accepting that the way it's been handled has had terrible consequences and that it was a mistake. I really have to respect that when people have genuine intentions to do the best for this football club. But if it doesn't happen or is not the right thing to do, they can stand up here and apologise. I'm speaking for myself. And I think the players, staff, everybody working at the club, we have to accept that and move on. The way it's been handled has been really good internally. He was then asked whether he'd had any communication from the Cronkies directly. He said, yes, I had some communication from them as well. I spoke with them yesterday and those communications were in the same terms. As always, every time we need something and every time something is happening, they are straight away ready to act, to give the answers they can do. To give us the support they can, they've done it again. He was asked whether the Cronkies have apologised. He said, yes, absolutely. Obviously, they have the maximum responsibility of running the football club. And this is what they said. They apologised for disturbing the team, not having the capacity or ability to communicate in a different way earlier and explain the reasons why. They wanted me to pass the, on the message to the players. That's all you can ask for. The way they've done it, I have to accept it completely. He was asked on if there is a mistrust now between the fans and the club. And he says this has given a big lesson and it shows the importance of football in the world. It shows that the soul of this sport belongs to the fans. And that's it. During this pandemic for a year, we've been trying to sustain this industry with no fans in the stadium. But when the fans have to come out and talk, they've talked really loud and clear. They've sent probably the strongest message that has ever been sent in the football world. Every club leaving their interest apart have done the right thing, which is they are the ones we have to listen to. We have to listen to them. We put it out 
And within 24 hours, they killed the project. That's a massive statement in the history of football. He was asked about whether the club um, would face sanctions. He, he kind of dodged that because obviously nobody really knows, um, you know, where it goes from there and 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 how this will be dealt with or, or if there will be any punishments uh, to come the way of those clubs who, who signed up to the project. The rest of it is is quite wordy, and I think you're probably best off listening to it in Mikel's words. Um, but I am, I am a little bit disappointed with the fact that Mikel has gone so big on defending the Cronkies. I think their actions are indefensible, and as as some of you are saying in the chat, he could have probably used this to strengthen his relationship with the fans. Um, would that have been morally quite right? Maybe not, but at a time where he's kind of up against the ropes, I feel like he's missed a really big opportunity. And I feel like somebody a little bit more experienced may have used that opportunity to do exactly that. I mean, as as, as Matt says in the chat, and I think this sums up my thoughts perfectly as well. He says, I appreciate Arteta has always been outspoken, but I feel this is one of the times where less is more. Seems like he's bending over backwards to defend the Cronkies. That's exactly how I feel, Matt. He doesn't need to say as much as he's said. He doesn't need to detail how exactly it went down behind the scenes. He doesn't need to detail any of that. And I think actually the fact that he's said that, you know, I think actually the fact that he's said that he was almost tasked with with communicating it to the players and there wasn't that direct contact is probably uh, damning in the in sort of in terms of how the Cronkies are seen. Not that it it's changed that you know that was always the case, but I think it doesn't come across well whatsoever um, that he's kind of spoken so so supportively, I guess of the way the Cronkies have handled the matter. The bottom line is they completely fucked up here. And the bottom line is that they'll all talk about the fans and, and the fans, you know, having sort of killed the project. And I say that it's a victory for fans. But what I'll also say is the fans alone couldn't have pulled this off. The fans alone didn't do this. A combination of organizations, groups, people have made this project sink. And, you know, I've been doing a piece today uh, for 90 Min on on what um, on what uh, what's been reported by The Times earlier today, which is that the British government warned. They warned those in the UAE, those, of course, who own Manchester City that the relationship between the two countries could be damaged if Manchester City were to participate in that Super League. And I'll tell you what, there is no, there is no, um, you know, there's no getting away from the fact that, that that political pressure has played a part. There's no coincidence that, you know, Manchester City were the first of the Premier League clubs to officially withdraw. And I know some people are, you know, are disappointed with 
sort of my criticism of Arteta now. Some are sort of defending him. And I've defended him on a lot of topics this season. So I think I've shown... Um, I think I've shown that I can see both sides. But as as somebody said um, in the chat, and I'm just trying to pick it up. I can't remember where who it was. Here we go. Steve Stone. How you doing, Steve? He says he, says he should just revert all the questions to the owners. He should just refuse. And that silence would be deafening. And I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that. Uh, Lars Eliasson says... <laughs> Of course you're disappointed. You want to relegate us. Obviously, I don't want Arsenal to be relegated, Lars. I don't want Arsenal to not succeed in football. Of course I don't. But if the club were to be relegated off the back of this, could we as football fans, having fought for the morality of our game, having fought for the fact that this was so immoral and so crazy and so ludicrous, how could we then complain about it? We have essentially tried to completely ruin and destroy a football ecosystem with hundreds of years of history for our own benefit and the benefit of us and five other British clubs. It's not good enough. It's not acceptable. I don't care if it is Arsenal, if it is whoever. It doesn't. If it was Leicester City, I'd be saying the same thing. It's completely unacceptable what we have done here and and you know it, it's unacceptable and that punishment in my opinion the punishment of relegation would not be too severe based on the severity of the offense i genuinely believe that people will be disgusted at that but to me that something has to be done that deters them from doing this again two, threes down, two, three years down the line. Something has been done that sends a message to the footballing world that you greedy pricks who are at the top of Arsenal Football Club and are, you know, and are just looking to make as much money as you possibly can. You're not football. You don't represent the world of football. This is a victory for football, not anything else. I, I, I would stand by any supporter of any club, putting rivalries aside for this cause, because it's that important for our game. So I don't think that calling for strong sanctions are uh, is over the top. I don't think that calling for severe punishments is over the top. I think this has been a crime to the sport. And it should be dealt with accordingly. Apparently, there's a bit that Mikel Arteta said um, about protests. And um, he said that the fans have their right to express what they wish and, and to do so freely. And he said it's time to leave them to some space to express themselves. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the protest in the, in the upcoming shows because I plan to be there. And um, we'll bring you some content directly from there because I know Arsenal's fan base is worldwide. I know our viewership, our listenership um, is worldwide. And I know that lots of people will want to be there. But can't do so for genuine reasons, i.e. living in another country. Um, you know, it's not easy to just get up and, and appear in North London just like that. But um. 
for me, you know, I, I, what I think is important and that everybody partakes in this, whether it be uh, in person or online or, or whatever. So I'm going to be at the protest and I'm going to bring you some content from there um, so that you guys uh, that can't attend can get a feel of, of what it's all about, what's going on and, and, uh, and be a part of it as well. So I look forward to doing that. The, the the issue of relegation keeps coming up in the chat. I know that a lot of people don't want it to happen. Um, I don't want it to happen. But my point was, and obviously, no, look, I'm not even going to backtrack. At the time, I, I thought when I was angry and a lot angrier than I am today, I thought it was a just punishment. And while now I might look at it and think, it seems it seems like it would have too many implications i still if it happened i wouldn't be complaining because i think it's deserved i, I genuinely do i genuinely do I, I think that what these clubs have tried to do here is is criminal and if they have to suffer the consequences then so be it and and you won't catch me complaining if Arsenal were handed a points deduction, a European ban or anything, because it would be fully bloody deserved after what they tried to do. Let's get some uh, questions in in the live chat for the last sort of 15 minutes or so of the stream. I can see there's over 250 of you uh, with me live right now across uh, the multiple platforms. Um so please, first of all, if I could ask you to smash the like button, it would be much appreciated. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you are new as well. Uh, we are just around about seven or eight subscribers away from hitting the 13K mark. So I'd love to hit that today as well. Uh, so please uh, show your support that way. If you wish to become a member, you can uh, do so by clicking on the link in the description. And a quick final reminder that this podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her, her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. And you can get um, you can get a discount code, uh, which is in the description below, and you can get 15% off of your orders. It is for our US-based listeners. Um, so uh, I think you guys will probably be the most interested, but yeah, check it out. Check it out. Uh, let's go over to the um, to the chat box. I'm going to pick out this one uh, from Alcarp, who says, what do you think about the new PL reform? Um, I assume you're talking about the, the idea of making a Super League, which brings in Rangers and Celtic and all that nonsense that's being banded about today. I just think football's fine the way it is. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I, I just I, I don't understand the constant need of these governing bodies to to interfere and to try and change something that's worked so well for so many years. Is it just that they need to justify their roles? I, I don't know. Um, but I don't want to see anything reformed. I want to see it as is because I'm happy with the current structure. Xander says, what would you ask Josh if you were at the fans forum. It's a really, really good question. And I would struggle to fit it all into one question, but I guess I would, I would ask Josh to tell me what he understands about this football club and what it means to us as a supporter group. I would ask him to sit and explain 
what Arsenal Football Club, the institution, means to him. And that would shine a light on all the discrepancies between us and the ownership, what we see, what they don't see. Ask him an open question. You can't trip somebody up with a closed question. So ask him an open question. Let him tell us what he believes Arsenal Football Club to be. And that will give us an insight. Well, we know what the deal is anyway, but it, it will it will further confirm our suspicions over how they see the football club. There'll be a load of PR spin in there, but I'm sure they don't feel the way we feel. And I'm sure that question uh, would lead to the kind of answer from which we could gauge a lot. So that would be my question, Xander. Really, really good question. Thank you. Um, Peter Renner says, do you think legally the Prem can punish the six clubs? when I don't believe they broke any premiership rules. Um, I don't know if it can be done legally. And I think that that's kind of the stuttering point here, isn't it? I think the other clubs, the other 14 have called for for sanctions, have called for some sort of punishment, and they're well within their rights to do so. Uh, what that would be, we don't know. You know, I, I say that if it was relegation, I wouldn't have any complaints because I, I think what they've done is that severe. Um, but I think that's highly unlikely. And I think the punishment will be a lot softer. As I said right at the beginning of, you know, this whole Super League coverage, I think when I done my first video talking about it off the back of the news and the announcement initially coming out, the, one of the first things I said was the Premier League need these clubs just as much and, and, and probably more so than the clubs need the Premier League. And, and the fact that this competition was close to happening shows you that these clubs do at least feel that they can go out and do it by themselves. I think they would lose a lot of support and I think they've realised that and that's largely why they've backtracked. But the Premier League as a product, as an entity, requires the, the fan bases that these clubs have because you can't command the same amount of money for TV rights. You can't command the same amount of money for sponsorship deals and your brand and your product has less eyes on it around the globe without these sides involved. So um, I think they probably can punish them if they want to. Clubs will fight it, but it would be terrible PR if they fought it at this point. So I think in that sense, in terms of the fight back, the Premier League kind of have them by the balls. All these clubs have come out and apologised, said they're sorry for what they've done. And so the Premier League are in a really good position, in my opinion, to punish without the same pushback that they'd normally get. However, do they want to upset them? Do they want to disappoint them? And do they feel like that could push them towards trying this again? That's the big question, isn't it? That's the massive question. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, your local MCE. Uh, thank you very much, mate, for your very, very kind Super Jack donation. Uh, really appreciate it. It says that apparently Jack Wilshire. Uh, will be there on Friday. I've seen reports of that, um, but I've got to be honest. Bournemouth take on Brentford at 12.30 on Saturday in Bournemouth. Would Jack Wilshire really be out protesting in London the night before? I, I don't know. Um, I'd love to see him there. It'd be fantastic if he is. Um, but, you know, I'm not 100% sure that that's, that's completely accurate, but there are reports. You're absolutely right. 
Uh, there is a lot of uh, a lot of stories about that. Uh, Aaron says, hi, Harry. Strong sanctions can work. Saracens Rugby Club were relegated in 2019 for salary breaches. But for all six clubs to be relegated, would it not hurt the remaining clubs in the league? Yeah, that and that ties in nicely with the point that I made uh, just previously. But yeah, really good question as well. Uh, Matt G says, apart from leaving, what could the Cronkies do to earn your forgiveness? Um <sighs> It's hard, Matt, because so much has happened over the years. I think for me, and I've said this before, you know, I've never really had an issue with the money side of it with the Cronkies, right? Apart from this, where they've obviously seen a a paycheck and, and gone to grab it. I've not really had a major issue with what the club spend on transfers and all of that. I know a lot in the eyes of a lot of fans, it's been oh, you know, we need to spend more money and the Cronkies don't want to put money in, et cetera, et cetera. For me, it's not really that uh, because we have spent money on players. Uh, yeah, we've sold players as well. But, you know, I, I, I never really had an issue with the spending. The passive ownership irritated me. But, you know, it, it irritated me and I recognised it as a problem. And I've called it out in the past. But did it actually spark an aggression in me that I found myself feeling over the last few days. No, it didn't because it was passive. It was annoying. And I looked around and I went, well, you know, there's, there's other owners out there that are worse and we have been spending money and the manager's not got it right. And the players haven't performed and all of that combined has led to where we are as well as the lack of investment. So I didn't see them as solely responsible and, and perhaps wrongly, but right now, my I, I'm so angry and 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 perplexed by this that I don't think there's anything they can do anymore to win my trust back. I think they've proven. I think this was the clearest indication of their intentions for the football club. And in a way, yes, it's caused disruption and yes, it's caused problems. But in a way, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Maybe those who were on the fence or disapproving of the Cronkies, but perhaps not enough to go and stand outside the stadium with placards, etc., etc., will now also shift to that side. And only then will we potentially, perhaps, if we do it right, if we apply enough pressure, get the result that we want. So it could be a blessing in disguise, this. Um, but that's not to excuse them for it, you know? Um what else have we got here? Uh, let's see. Uh, Gunatel says, can you imagine if we got a transfer embargo? Stan would love that. Yeah, absolutely. And a transfer embargo would be um, probably a fair punishment. But what it would do is it would severely handicap Arsenal's progress as a football team. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier on. You know, we we need to be able to make transfers to improve but equally, equally, if that was to be the punishment that is decided by the Premier League and the powers that be, how could we argue with it after our club have just done this? We couldn't. But this, that would be the kind of punishment, just like relegation, that would impact on Mikel Arteta and the players and everybody else involved, the fans. But the reality is, such is the level of betrayal committed by this football club towards their peers very very difficult to um 
very, very difficult to to defend the club or to argue against or push back against anything of that nature. I genuinely believe that. Uh, Kevin Jean makes a really good point. He says UEFA and FIFA, the FA, the broadcasters aren't saints either. They're just protecting their assets. You're absolutely right, mate. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, I work in, in the broadcast media now and I saw how shaken up people were and how fearful some people were at the prospect of these teams being chucked out of the Premier League and all of a sudden the value of that product just decreasing so significantly. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, mate. UEFA are not are not um, innocent in this. And in many ways, UEFA's sort of ways have perhaps pushed these clubs towards doing this. FIFA the same. The FA aren't saints either. And the broadcasters have created this elitist environment in football by throwing millions and billions of pounds at the game. And the way it's been distributed um, has, has obviously, you know, uh, has obviously contributed to that. So these are all really good points, Kevin. I completely agree. Elitism is something that has been around always um, and something to a degree that as a fan base, as a wider fan base, anyway, in general, we've we've been accepting of but this would have taken it to a whole new level this would have taken it to the point of no return you know now you're looking at the premier league and you're talking about the big six how many of them are actually in the big six now you know you're looking at arsenal tottenham not being in there you're looking at leicester and west ham united having infiltrated the top 5 top 6 and that's fantastic you know everton are above Arsenal at the moment as well. So you're looking at these teams having infiltrated and they deserve credit because having infiltrated that group, even though financially you're not worth as much and you're worse off, is an achievement. And it's what's beautiful about our sport. But we talk about the the, the inequality and, and the, the gap in sort of stature in terms of financial standings between the big six and the rest. This plan would have only increased that further. And the best things um, that we see in our game, which are underdog stories, people coming out from nowhere, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those things will disappear or, or at least become even more unlikely than they already are. And for me, that's bad for competition. That's bad for sport. So just to kind of summarise my thoughts on this episode, Mikel Arteta spoken out about the Super League plan and proposal. I feel he went a little bit too too far in defending the Cronkies. My personal opinion, I accept that people may have a different view and feel free to let me know of that view in the comments. But I feel he went a little bit too far there when actually pushing the questions back to them, back in their direction would have been much more powerful. And as some said in the chat, the silence would have been deafening. 